0: Hey friends! Welcome to this special week of uh, podcasts and webinars. We're really trying to help you, your church, in the midst of the COVID crisis. Today's conversation, uh, we jump in with our friends at Portable Church, and they give us some just some really helpful insight, uh, really for churches that are portable or really looking a bit up over the horizon. We do talk a little bit about kind of where we go next. What does this look like? Uh, for our church. This episode's packed with some ideas on how you could be serving your community. Before we do that, I want to remind us about our partner, Ministry Grid. I love these guys. You know, in the midst of this time, the whole area of online training is just more important than ever before. Ministry Grid has over 3,500 videos in 850 courses ready to go. What if you used this time to help your people uh, get developed, dive deeper into their skills, get ready for uh, when the door Open again. Listen, I anticipate a double Easter this year. We're going to have Easter here in a couple weeks, probably digital, but then uh, when we actually all get a chance to host church church services again, we're going to see huge increases in attendance, and we want your people to be trained up. Um, So not only can you gain access to their videos, but you can customize the content to fit exactly to your content by adding videos, PDFs, YouTube videos, and more. To get unlimited access to Ministry Grid for your church, it's only $597. It's a great deal. You can do that at ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. Again, that's ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. I think this would be the perfect resource for you to add at this time. Double down, invest on it, uh, build up your people in this season. All right, let's jump in with today's episode on your church and COVID-19. Let's go.
1: This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. (laughs) Yeah, so Portable Church, we're a company that started 26 years ago, and we were at that time serving church plants and uh, consulting and equipping them with audio, video, lighting, kids, community stuff. And truly the goal was just keeping pastors equipped to do ministry and also Mm -hmm. equip their volunteers to not burn out, which is a huge deal with portability. Mm -hmm. We were taking churches that were, you know, taking 15, 20, 30 people, about two to three hours of setup. And allowing them to have five to 10 people setting up in about 30 minutes. Um, I and think one of our one of our best ones is actually Meeting House, where you and I first met, Rich. Mm-hmm. And they are doing their setup with uh, just a handful of people in, I think, 20 minutes. And they're tearing oh, down 15 yeah, yeah. for all of their 13 campuses. So that's pretty cool. But we're yeah. still doing that, of course. But now we're doing multi-sites on a much bigger scale. Um, six trailers of stuff in less than an hour. And uh, we've also expanded into consulting with churches to um, help them realize and figure out how to achieve rapid multiplication with minimal mm-hmm. financial investments through portability. So nice. That's who, that's who uh, I am, and we are. Nice, Barrett. Tell us about your role at uh, PCI. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, Kevin's actually my boss, so I report to the VP of Solutions, which is <laughs> yes. awesome.
0: So that would be you're the associate vice president of Solutions. Yeah, that's, yeah there like,
2: it is. I like it. <laughs> I Thank you, Rich. Um, but no, I, uh, I was a pastor for many years at a number of multi-sites in Detroit area of Michigan. Um, kind of like a lot of pastors, I started as a student guy, kind of worked through the organization. Um, and then, um, you know, a friend, one of my former uh, our worship pastors uh, actually went to PCI and invited me to join the team. And now what I get to do is really work with our pastors that are launching. Um, which is awesome. It's coaching them logistically, certainly, but also a lot of times ministerially. Um, there's a lot of different needs. As you know, Rich, you've, you've experienced portability. There's a lot of different needs and that's kind of what we'll talk about a little bit today when you're structuring volunteer teams and being really strategic about where people go um, as you're launching. So I get to do that working mainly these days with multi-sites, but certainly with lanterns as well. And then really finding solutions for churches that call in Um and, and need advice from what what we 're seeing from our churches and what life looks like in portability right now
0: nice that 's very good. The part of the reason why I was excited to have portable Church on this series, first of all they 're great people, they love churches, and I want to get people in front of you as leaders at this point um, so I, uh, I I wanted to you know have them on, but they also have a real insight into churches all across the country, so they are um, one of the few organizations I know that work with as many churches, uh, as, as they do, like, there's a lot of kind of church firms out there that might work with 10 or 15, but you guys like serve hundreds, um, you know, every year in one way or another. And so I think I have a really good, um, insight onto the church and kind of what's happening, um, you know, not just on the portability side, but just in general. So I, I'm super excited that, that you're here, uh, today, Kevin, you, you were going to talk about, uh, I' we going to start around some, some live stream stuff. Let's, let's, uh, start with the conversation there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we were talking about doing a live stream session, but there's just so much white noise out there right now. There's so many people already talking about it. Um, But one thing that we're announcing just – we announced it last week, and going to expand it to your audience too, is for anybody that's actually struggling through live streaming right now and just really can't figure it out, they've got technical glitches, whatever it might be, we're offering free consultations. Um, Usually they're 30 minutes to your listeners. We're going to do an hour, whatever questions you have, however we can help that's going to be there for you. So it's uh, not just listening and reading things. You can actually talk to a person and we'll help set you up. So, um, you can That's just... amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. So how, how, if people want to access that, cause I know there'll be people that are listening and they're like, Hey,
0: we're stuck on this one thing or we're trying to figure that out. How can they access that? That's an incredible gift.
1: If you go to our site, portablechurch.com and then click on the talk to an expert, fill out a form and just say that you were listening to this podcast. Um, or this webinar Mm -hmm. and uh, let them know that you want to talk to us. We will give you a shout and uh, set something up. So that's fantastic. That's great. Thank you guys for doing that. Yeah, for sure. Some of the things that we've uh, been seeing too, as I've been watching a lot of the webinars or the pod live streams that are going on out there and I've been kind of sucking them up and just listening to a lot of people, what they're talking about. One of the things I really feel in my gut, I think we're going to start seeing now, is you're going to see churches starting to scale up or scale Mm. down in their live streaming over the next few weeks. Um, Churches that seem to be executing things really well are the ones that are doing the higher production. So they're using um, video mixing. They're using um, audio mixing. They're editing everything. They're kind of like blending things together so that the presentation is very clear. It's very concise. And it's something that people are used to seeing on a screen. Mm-hmm. And so they're in engaging. It's what you've been seeing for years for like some of the larger churches or even some of the smaller churches that have been doing live streaming and just been producing it very well. Um, the other ones are the ones that are far more personal. So that's mm-hmm. scaling down and actually just, you know, you're sitting on the couch with people and right. you are engaging them where they're at. And that's pretty critical in this time where people are a little bit more concerned. I think that we're kind of emerging out of that concern a little bit, but there's still a huge uh, There's a lot of great success that I was seeing with people that were scaling it down um, to that Mm -hmm. level. And then the people that are in that middle ground where they're trying to still do high production, but they don't have the gear to support it. um, Those are the ones I think are going to be struggling. Mm -hmm. And in reality, churches are all equalized right now. Every church Mm -hmm. is just one click away and they're available in one click, which is not Mm -hmm. meant to scare any. Anybody, But it's just the reality that a person will go and click where they're connecting. And so if you're Mm -hmm. trying to do high production and it's not highly produced, it won't really engage people in the way that one's other two will. So I think that you'll probably start seeing some of that sifting out and sorting through, uh, which is interesting. And then also viability. Rich, you and I were talking about this Mm -hmm. earlier. But it's just wondering about the long-term viability of keeping people's attention for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. uh, or an hour like we used to. And there's been a lot of people talking about that struggle. There's other Mm -hmm. screens when you're live streaming. There's kids running around. There's, um, you know, just a lot of distractions in the house. So. One of the discussions in uh, one of the Facebook groups that I've followed, they're talking about how their average time of engagement was only 17 minutes long on average, Hmm. which is a huge drop in that 45 minutes to an hour. And so a lot of adjustments on it. But the beautiful thing is just um, watching how some of the churches are responding and engaging. And Rich, you talked about some of... Uh, the things that you've seen that have helped people with that engagement. And I I agree. Can you talk about Yeah,
0: I I think there's a, uh, there can. So first of all, I think that's a really good insight around like, Hey, we probably have to think through kind of where we're, so now if we're doing streaming uh, we've thought about kind of what we've done, Um, you know, you should evaluate, do we should be scaling up or scaling down? And I think the, you know, obviously the weekend is a big deal. It's an important piece of the puzzle. However, I think there's a real opportunity that that some churches are missing out on, which is all the midweek interaction connection points that frankly, you know, take, and I've been saying this for years, but it's, it's probably more true now than ever before, you know, taking your phone, doing, you know, Facebook lives, doing, um, you know, quick videos to people, um, you know, throughout the entire week, the idea being that we're trying to surround people with content rather than just creating one kind of epic 60 minute show right. every week, right. Um, right. rather than kind of episodic. And, you know, you see this in broader culture. So, you know, uh, Jimmy Fallon, you know, and arguably before all this happened, Jimmy Fallon was, they were thinking about, um, you know, their nightly show really backwards from what are the clips we're going to put on, you know, online the next day. And you see this even increasing now with his shorter kind of at home versions Um, And there's something super endearing about that, the idea of seeing someone by themselves. And so my encouragement would be, there may be church leaders today that need to think, hey, you know what, let's take a step back on trying to ramp up the quality on the weekend, but let's put some of those resource, time, effort, and energy and creative thinking towards content that we can do during the week. One church that I follow uh, dearly, think they're great people. Um, Every day, the... um, um, every day there is this, uh, he does these evening prayers, which is, you know, it's a it's a bit like it's a liturgical experience and he's just doing it through Insta- Instagram. Uh, but it's, it's, I've tuned in regularly. I'm like, oh, I'd love to kind of hear, see where that is tonight. Yeah. Um, I would be thinking uh, about that. So um, there may be opportunity to be thinking, you know, not just about the weekend, but then what are the other pieces we can do? And to be honest, um, your church of, you know, 85 people, you are now equalized with, you know, Stephen Furtick, Stephen Furtick's at his house with a cam, with his own iPhone, making videos during the week. Uh, that's the exact same tool you have uh, in your pocket. Maybe we should be thinking more about that, including all the other content around that, you know, might be blogs or other content that you could be doing.
1: Yeah. I think people are hungry for community. And this is kind of like the yes. community that we get right now and you can engage yep. them. It's that over-communicating. I think you were saying that yesterday or two days ago. It's like you over-communicate right now and doing it every single day is going to be more engaging and it will keep them more engaged during your Sunday service as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So one thing that you had said uh, the other day too is that this is just a moment. It's not the new normal. And looking up into the horizon and into the future, planting, multi-siting, portability, it's still a a reality. And it's probably even more of a reality now, especially with like some of the finances and how things are going to be impacted. It'll likely be hit, but that does not mean at all that you can't accomplish the dreams of growth and the visions for growth that you've been given Uh, matter of fact, I think there's been quite a few things that are standing out during this time that should make it even more appealing. Mm -hmm. And we're going to jump into that next section, which is the two broad things that churches in portability, especially possess to help serve the, uh, church and the community really well, just like adjustments and opportunities. So Barrett, Mm you were, talk about your heart a little bit too. Yeah, for sure.
2: And just kind of as a disclaimer, a, a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to reference churches in portability. That's who we work with every day. That's a, that's our world. But a lot of this stuff we really feel like either applies to you, permanent churches, or um, is a challenge to you, portable churches, to lead out in this time um, mm-hmm. Since position. We think really well for what's going on right now. So, um, yeah, we actually it's funny when we hopped on a little earlier, Rich, you mentioned that people are, are starting to feel hopeful right now. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. so glad that we, we talked about live streaming because that's, you know, that was things changed so quickly. Um, we went from in three days, at least here in the States, now mm-hmm. you're saying it's pretty similar, Rich, but three days we went to gather or from gatherings of 250 down to 50 down to under 10. Um, and at that time it was like, we're talking about live streaming. And if churches were doing it, they were set up, mm-hmm. um, but if you weren't, it was like, it's function right now. It's, it's mm-hmm. utility. It's not production. We need something to happen. And now we've had really two weeks of that. And so that engagement, you know, is obviously super important connection. Rich, you said the other day, you know, if you're not in front of your people, like, it's like, you don't exist right now. Like that mm-hmm. is hugely important. But what I think is starting to happen. Um, and Ed Stetzer, uh, was saying this really well. If you haven't seen, uh, kind of the videos he's been putting out this week. And I think he even put a new website out. Great Mm -hmm. stuff. But what he said kind of resonated with me and really just, it's been what's getting me out of the bed each morning as I talk to our portable churches. And what he said is this is not the crisis. Um, You know, this feels like the crisis because it's different. It's new. It can be fearful for even if we're being honest with, for us and certainly with our people in our communities that don't know Jesus, but uh, it, the crisis is coming. Um mm-hmm. Fauci said today uh, in three weeks, that's when really the height of, of the pandemic is going to happen. And mm-hmm. uh, we're already sitting here in the States at over 60,000 people infected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I really want to help um, just point people towards, especially our churches in portability, is that we have this chance to, be leading out and preparing Mm, mm
1: -hmm.
2: for that crisis that is coming. And and I really think that our our churches are set up well to do that. So you have your Mm -hmm. live stream set up now. You're being challenged by Rich and and by this conversation, hopefully, and the other webinars that happen today to engage your people. Um, But I really think, that now that we've kind of got live stream up and running, people are really doing some cool stuff, and I'm sure Rich, you've heard more about this than I have with Zoom for mm-hmm. a virtual engagement of groups. Um, and really, I think that that we're created for good works, right? And there are good works that will be coming, mm-hmm. need to be happening from the church in three weeks. Um, and I think it's it's really important that we, now that we have this engagement, or are gaining this engagement, that we now remind people that there is still mission.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: in this season and, mm-hmm. and, and into that um mm-hmm. Rich do you have any thoughts on that
0: yeah I, I love that I think that's a good encouragement I think as we're as we're walking through this season um, um we we need to uh, continue to kind of push our people back to and push ourselves back to okay why do we exist right why do we you know what is it that God's called us to do yes the the mission hasn't changed the 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 model the the form that it's fit is is a little different um but we're gonna have to and and you know we'll get back to stuff that looks more similar eventually but what you know what what are what are kind of we what are we facing today and how are we how can we serve those people in our community um how right. do we continue to kind of lean in that direction i think that's uh fantastic it's a good word for sure Baron.
2: sure for sure so kind of one of the things i'm going to kind of break this up and kevin is going to jump back in here. Obviously, rich, we're going to, I want you to give an input, but uh, kind of from the 30,000 foot view, one of the things that we feel like sets our portable churches apart was just the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, again, rich, I keep referencing this cause I know you've done portability, mm-hmm. um, different game. Um, so that's more of the 30,000 foot view. And then I really want to talk about specific resources that portable churches do have that. I think they can leverage at this time, mm-hmm. kind of building on this, this culture. Um, The the first is a culture of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, Churches in portability are used to uh, regularly having to make quick decisions and adjust to meet the needs of the church based upon surprises of venue or things not being as you expect when you're (laughs) building or just any number of surprises. Um, And so leaders, I think the conversation is super easy with your people to say, hey, portable church. This is not anything that's that's new to us. We already know that church is not about the building. It's how we are going to be the church right now. Um, and I think going back to what Kevin referenced earlier, um, this is not the new normal. And positioning, talking to your folks in this way makes it, this is the conversation that is normative. Um, mm-hmm. even in that kind of nebulousness, the chaos, um, mm-hmm. that chaos, just to help them, encourage them that, you're already flexible. You're built for creatively solving these problems. Mm-hmm. Now, what do. you? Um, the second thing I would say would be it's a culture of ownership. Um, yeah, you see some pictures there of flexibility. Those are those are churches that that are doing really cool things. Um, that's Jason Rollum. He's a, he's a friend from a church up here, and they went uh, they went to a live streaming model. Um, they were kind of on the forefront because their school closed really early in this whole thing before all the other ones in Michigan. Hmm. Um, so on thursday they called us and on a sunday they were live streaming their service that's their first that's crazy. Service. yeah that's crazy um the second thing is ownership um you know statistically and we'll show these a little bit later we did a study in 2018 um with leadership network that where we found that churches meeting and portability have higher percentages of volunteers typically mm-hmm. um it's it, for obvious reasons right they're they're setting up, tearing down every week. And these volunteers are really sold out to the vision. They regularly serve the mission and they're really already literally mobilized. Um, Mm -hmm. They are they're engaged in that way. Um, The next thing I would say would be a culture of open handedness or or teamwork. So portability creates a culture of teamwork between your church and the venue. More broadly, you could say community. Um, mm-hmm. Many of our churches have relationships with their schools, their community centers, their venues um, that are needing mm-hmm. and really open to spiritual direction and leadership right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this can be such a natural road on ramp transition to help them in a time when many people inside and outside the church are fearful um, mm-hmm. and it will continue to affect more of those folks. Um They're also going to have awareness, you know, churches meeting in portability. hopefully all of our churches, you know, have an awareness of our people. That's super important. But there are needs of families and schools and community centers that maybe for the first time ever, they're able to engage in this season as we ramp up uh, um, to this. So there's other considerations here. I'm going to have Kevin kind of talk about a little bit of the financial piece of culture. That's a little different in portability. uh, And then we'll kind of keep rolling.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And some of the really ultra early research that we've been doing with a lot of our churches that are um, both portable and permanent, we are actually showing, you know, as everybody else is a drop in giving and churches that are a little bit older and depending on more of the older model, the people that pass the plate, they in the past couple of weeks have experienced on average about 50% of a drop in income, um, which makes sense because you can't meet. And some people have their auto deduct and uh, are doing some online stuff. But the newer churches that have adopted a culture of the newer technology of doing the online giving, we've seen only a drop in about 15 percent of tithes, which is a pretty significant thing. So really adopting Mm -hmm. some of that culture that um, younger churches and churches that are on the cutting edge, you know, say what you will about actually putting money in the the, the basket. But um, during times like this, it is showing that it is uh, helpful to have that. And the portable churches in general are set up in that way because they're adopting technology from earlier on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. For
2: sure. Yeah. Um, one of the kind of continuing on then kind of the more specifics of, of resources, um, you know, the, the biggest resource that, that, we have as the church right now is, is our, is people, Christ followers. In um, this season, like I said, in portability, the regular serving, many are used to being on site at five or six on a Sunday morning and that's every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, my hope is that our churches in portability, I know, I know some, and I, I've heard some this week that are already getting really creative about taking those teams and those structures that already exist mm-hmm. and kind of putting them loose. They're waiting and begging for, they're used to serving really intentionally every week um, yeah. and kind of taking them into this mission now at the time and giving them direction how they can jump in and serve the community as this crisis kind of hits full magnitude,
1: you know?
0: Yeah. I think that's a great thing to underline for the portable churches that are, are listening in. So um, one of the things that's super unique is there is a, a, different than in a church that just has a permanent building. You have a group of like logistics experts who they literally, the way they think is like, how do we move stuff around? How do we make it more efficient? How do we, and, and there's going to come a moment. It might be now, but it for sure in the coming weeks and months, as our churches turn to say, Hey, how are we going to serve our communities? man, I would be looking to how we could tap those those people. And there yeah. might be a way to, to pre-stage some of that now, actually pull some of those people into some phone calls and say, hey, how can we be thinking about you know, how are we going to get stuff out? We've got some restrictions. We can't obviously gather everybody together, but Hey, there, we, you know, we know there's people in our community that are, are struggling. They can't get to the grocery store. They can't, you know, there's, you know, we've seen this across the country with seniors, right. Who can't, you know, they're, so the stores are starting to do the, like, Hey, we got to be open early or whatever for seniors, but Hey, what is there, is there a way the church could interject in that? Um, I think that's a real asset that actually portable churches have, that if you just have a, a permanent facility, you're, you don't have those people, or they're just not, they're not actioned as much in your church
1: as it is in a portable church.
2: Not as readily available, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah totally. I'd, I'd actually love to see, if you guys can drop in the chat, like what are the things that you guys are doing more outreach-minded and outreach-focused during this time of shutdown? I think that things are still happening. Um, so drop comments, because I'd love to see, and we can share it, and we'd love to share it with our churches as well. But, you know, we, I know the one thing that, Uh, Some people have seen is that you have vetted childcare workers. They've been screened background checks, Mm. you know them intimately. And you can like mobilize these individuals who already love kids to help those that are in the health field that are in the public services you know, just talk about, hey, we want to engage. These are people that we have vetted. We either pre-screened. We know that they have been uh, socially isolated over the past many days. We're opening up our church building, and we're going to have one classroom per family. And just to keep everybody separated, and we're going to have multiple families there. It's going to be great security. As a portable church, look around for churches that aren't using their building in this way. I think that there's a lot of opportunities. So there's some pretty uh, neat, neat ways to use the people that you've got. Um, I've also seen one church who is, they're doing an egg hunt, uh, a virtual egg hunt where they're going to be dropping hidden eggs all over their website. And oh, that's you can sit down with your family and with your kids kind of just go through all the pages of the website, which gets them familiar with things. And you can hide eggs in fun and cute ways. And then at the end of it, it's like, fill out the survey. Let us know how many eggs you found. And we actually have a prize, that we're going to send to your kids, let us know how many kids you have. And we're gonna send something to you as a thank you. And then they're gonna run around and drop things off on the the front doors of those people. So I thought that was kind of cool.
0: That is very cool. I put a link in there, uh, an opportunity, and something for you to think about. uh, in the chat called boxes of hope. So this is from a church. Uh, the church that's leading. This is uh, another church in New Jersey uh, from Scotch Plains, New Jersey evangel. Um, and they are uh, something they're doing is rallying their people. They're providing a, a framework now they're in a shelter in place environment. So, you know, we're restricted on what we can do, but what they realize is there are needs of people who are in, you know, who are stuck in their homes. And so what they're asking people to do, it's kind of a two-sided market. They're asking their volunteers, Uh, people from their church when they go to the store they're giving them a shopping list here are some things to pick up then you bring those items to the church and then uh, again working in coordination with the the shelter in place rules um, they're packing those boxes up and they have another set of volunteers who are taking those out to people. And so if you watch, there's a video there from Chris Maranti explaining that for people that are watching it, if you want more information on that. Uh, and they're actually looking for churches across the country. They have a vision that that every 100% of the people across the country who are, um, who are quarantined will get a box of hope from a local church. And so uh, you can learn more about that. A couple um, other ideas that are floating around in the box. Scott says, we're asking our church to draw pictures and write cards for nursing homes um residents who are you know in the building next to ours so their church has a i know scott right next door there's a a nursing home so they're doing that which is kind of cool we're calling our senior members and another person andrew saying we're calling our senior members and each member uh, each ministry leader is responsible to call our volunteers to check on them. So they're kind of, um, you know, doing a little bit of a phone tree. It feels like the 80s again, a phone tree. We are delivering uh, groceries to our seniors who need it. We're also working on local schools to deliver food to students. A huge need, right? There's all kinds of kids who depend on um, lunchtime meals at schools. Uh, we're doing a take-home egg hunt for children. So packaging up a, an egg hunt that they could take. Uh, people are picking up the eggs at the, at the church parking lot and then taking them from there. Uh, Daniel says, our school system is feeding kids, uh, distributing food via buses. There, oh, That's cool. Uh, our uh, people have been helping pack those meals, and our church a distribution point as well. Um, uh, Storm, love the name. Storm uh, said, we are also in shelter in place, but have launched a food delivery service for vulnerable popla- population. They can call in and get connected with a shopper who will shop for them and deliver those groceries. So there's a couple couple ideas around providing um, you know some some materials that's fantastic
1: yeah I think it's been neat too in that with portable churches because their finances are set up in a very different structure they don't uh, with rent or with the their tenants saying you can't meet here there's also no rent so they're not paying any of the rent there yes. they have no mortgage costs right now so they are finding that they have some more funds to be spending on outreach and uh, churches can use these immediately to be a blessing uh, meet the needs of the schools, meet the needs of the venues that they have, show the love of Jesus to people in their community, um, or even just like helping another church along with their needs. So it's been neat to see their finances freed up to go out and be the church during this time of need. Yeah. Sure. I talked
0: to one executive pastor who will remain nameless, who said, uh, who are in that there are multiple campuses. And they said, he's like, is it bad that I feel positive about this because we're saving on all that rent? It's actually <laughs> been better for our financial picture. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, no, it's fine. You can, you know, that's fine. But that is one of those things, right. About if the, if you're the way your you know, contracts written, there's a lot of churches out there that are
1: portable that are saving these days. Great stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think even with like, with that freedom, like equipment is being freed up as well. And mm. We are seeing it where you can use that equipment. There's going to be a time in the near, very near future, I think, I hope, and pray, that things will be opening up again. And people are looking for times to celebrate, times to gather. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see a lot of churches use their trailers and their systems in public parks and schools and neighborhoods. And they're bringing the gospel out to people in the places where they're at. And so they're creating these great things. And there is – one of my favorite stories is actually the story of Liquid Church. Were you there during the uh, Sandy Thanksgiving, Rich? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Most definitely. So that's – I love that story. It was um, when Hurricane Sandy came through and just wiped out tons of New Jersey – And Rich, you can fill in the story more, but like, uh, they actually took their system and their gear and their equipment and went out into the neighborhoods to serve the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And they would set up live sound, set up the tables that they had, and they were distributing food, um, doing praise and worship, actually serving and coming alongside the neighborhood. And mm-hmm. they were finding that neighbors were coming alongside of them, those that mm-hmm. didn't know Jesus, coming alongside going, I love what you're doing. I had no idea that your church was all about this. I want to serve along with you. And that was their introduction into who the church was, is being the mm-hmm. hands and feet of who Jesus is. And that's a beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. there are so many creative opportunities that I think are going to be happening, whether it's natural or created. You can be thinking about those things right now of what are the needs that were already existing in our community? that are gonna be exacerbated by this? and Or maybe how can I uh, tie myself into my venue? Because schools are gonna know of families that are in need. Mm-hmm. YMCAs are gonna hear the stories. Community centers are gonna know of people and you can just work alongside of them, invite them into that journey. So mm-hmm. you've got gear that will support and equip that as well.
0: Yeah, I would encourage you know church leaders particularly, this is a strategic advantage you have as a portable church. Your gear is on wheels and rolls. Um, you know, just even letting, uh, you know, some leaders in town know that that's an opportunity. Hey, if there's any way we can serve you, um, you know, we've got volunteers, we'd love to mobilize, but then, Hey, down the road, if you ever need gear, that kind of thing, let us know. Uh, we'd be more than willing to, uh, you know, to help with that. You know, you, you, if you've got relationships in with the mayor or, you know, the school superintendent, that kind of thing, or even like you say, the YMCA, those kind of organizations now would be a great time to reach out to them. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, sure. There's some great stuff in the chat. Like you guys already have some great ideas. I would just encourage you leaders, pastors to keep your ears to the ground um, because the needs are going to be, I, I really feel like from what we're hearing, they're going to start to become more pressing. Um, mm-hmm. Be praying for that now. Um, and what, and this is something that I've found as I've been talking to churches and then I'll kind of kick it back to you and we can wrap up or do questions, Rich, but mm-hmm. what I'm finding, and I think you guys will, will be seeing this, whether you're permanent or portable, is that people want to be safe and need mm-hmm. to be safe. But people want to be safe, but they don't want to be on the sidelines. Right. They want to know how from their leadership to engage right now in serving others. So um, just want to encourage you uh, in that. And we, we love to we love to work with churches in portability and otherwise. So thanks for having us on. Rick.
0: No, this is great. Um, so yeah, a couple of questions have started to come in. First of all, we're distributing. I think popped up in your chat box there, there's a, a PDF that talks through the Sandy Thanksgiving stuff. So you you can download that. Um, you know, and it's, you know, even use it. My may a way you could use that resource is to say, hey, you know, maybe send it to your leaders. And say there's going to come a time where we're gonna ha- where we're gonna serve our community. That's going to happen. Here's an inspiration from a church that was, you know, d- that tried something when when you know been in a prior natural disaster. Uh, what what kind of thing could we be thinking about? You know, you don't have to do exactly that, but uh, you know, there may you could be a great kind of conversation starter. I, I know, you know, trying to sometimes you just need tools to help push your people a little further along and to get them right. to think, uh, you know, differently. So, uh, a, a couple questions, so a technical question, uh, David reached out to me and said, Hey, um, you know, would you be open to talk to a K to 12 school around some streaming stuff? Um, I assume that would be okay. You guys would be open to, you know, that conversation. If you just drop by portable church and, you know, go in there, you'd be willing to have that conversation. Oh, for Sometimes sure. It's a school trying to wrestle with some of the, Absolutely. the streaming stuff. Yeah. um, yeah. I I think I just told you you had to. So <laughs> that feels bad. Hopefully <laughs> our friends could sustain that. Uh, but no, I I, I know uh, the one thing I've said, and they've heard they me say this before, our portable church friends, but they're uh, they're just great church leaders that want to help. And so uh, they happen to run a business, but that's really who they are primarily. So I'm sure, David, they'd be more than willing to help um, yep. with that. Uh, what's your opinion on it? We have a couple people asked the question around like, hey, this is kind of earlier in the conversation. Like, um, you know, you're creating more content. Is that really the answer? Um, you know, I feel like there's just so much content out there. Are we flooding people? What's your guys' thoughts on that? What is the, um, you know, maybe Kevin start with that. What what what's your thought? You know, in a moment like this, can, can we overwhelm people?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're just pushing out information, then yes, it's probably not great. If you're pushing out relationship and connection, and you are connecting with people on more of that heart level. Uh, it's what they're looking for right now. It's what they're needing. And our church, uh, the church that I go to, I'm an elder at, we are doing those, we're doing daily devotions where Mm -hmm. um, either it's an elder, elder's wife, the pastor, or just some of the key spiritual people in our church are doing daily devotions and just saying, hey, here's where my heart is and here's, here's where I'm connecting. Is it content just to push out content? No, it's like I am connecting with you. I care about you and This is pushing out relationship, not content. Yeah, I think that's good. So, uh,
0: you know, mutual friend of ours, Kerry Newhoff, people who are on, a lot of people probably know Kerry. So a part of what's goofy about him is how much he talks about his big green egg in his backyard. Um, Like, it's a little goofy, right? Like, let's be honest. Again, he's a friend of mine. Hopefully he's not listening. Uh, But, you know, it's a little funny. But the thing that that does for his people, folks that follow him is there is like a relational connection there. It's like, Hey, you know, that's important to him. And you, you know, you're, it's always a little bit intriguing to see how he, um, you know, makes dinner or whatever, you know, you could be doing that kind of content now with your people. It's not like, you know, here, you know, let, let me, it's not, it doesn't need to all be like, we're walking through these verses. It could be just fun, relational stuff that kind of keeps people connected, keeps them um, plugged in as an example.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I think, I do think that if people are not communicating much because there is so much content that's out there, you'll just get lost. And yeah. so if you're putting stuff out there regularly, people can figure out what they want, what channel they like, what um, thing they want to watch, you know, whether it's that Facebook connection, whether it's the podcast connection, whether it's a vlog connection. Mm-hmm. They can pick, hey, I really identify with this and I want to stay connected in this. If you're not doing those things, I do believe that people will just. They're going to find content and something somewhere else.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
1: showing that relationship and pushing out different versions is important.
0: Yeah, and Brian uh, Brian said something here that I thought was was fantastic. So um, referring back to the Monday conversation with Glue, so one of the things that what basically what part of what if you didn't listen to our Monday conversation, one of the things that Glue is uh, strongly suggesting in this moment is that we get better basically at surveying or understanding where our people are at. And so his suggestion was, hey, what we need to be doing is understand where people are at and then target our content towards that. Absolutely agree. You know, the more we can understand kind of the real issues that people have. um, So adults in the when it's just a normal time, adults are just in time learners. We're um, you know, why did no one sign up for our COVID-19 thing three weeks ago? Well, partly because we didn't do it, but because no one was thinking about it. Now everyone's thinking about it. We've had over 800 people sign up for this thing and, you know, the people are listening and all that because we're, we feel the need for it. And so, um, paying attention to what people actually, what their needs are, what they're thinking about, what they're worried about and leaning in, um, you know, could be an example of that. Um, So uh, Matt here, I asked a question, uh, maybe, you know, Barrett, we can start with you on this. He said, how are you turning the corner from a community uh, helps effort to the gospel of Jesus Christ? So how do we bridge those two together? You know, the good thing, God thing, you know, it's not, we don't want to just do good things in our community. We ultimately want to point people back to God. Uh, What have you seen best practice on that front?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean... From what I've seen, we all have different approaches there, right? Um, mm-hmm. We all, I think, would say that that's, that's the value, um, that helping people, uh, to help people, all, for sure. I, I think there is there is value in just helping people because that's what we're called to. But ultimately, we know who Jesus is and what he offers. So taking it that next step is obviously, um, we're called to that. Um, I actually think it's easier in a virtual realm. Um, mm-hmm. We have great friends of mine um, who are Muslim background. And we've been, they've been curious about Jesus for years. And I tell you what, they came to church with us last week. Mm. Uh, First time ever, because Mm -hmm. they were sitting in their living room. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also happens, you know, God uh, opened some doors previous to this. But when this hit, it was a very natural progression and an easy conversation because we were having the conversations, like you mentioned, Rich, where they know us. They know Mm -hmm. what I like to do and that I like to run and that, I have a crazy family with a bunch of kids. They also mm-hmm. know I love Jesus, and when this hit, and I offered this to them, they took me up on the opportunity. Um, so I really think there's opportunities like that, um, and there's a. I, I would also say uh, this is not why we why we do this. Uh, and Paul warns against praying in public, right? Because we have heart, there's heart issues at stake there. But I think that um, some of our friends outside the church in this time um, are seeing the good works of the church much more naturally in places that they're naturally going to go. Social media, um, mm. even just the apps that we use in this time, like I'm using apps that I never used before. Um, mm. You know, I'm reading stories about obstacles that zoom is having to figure out that they never even thought of before because they were never okay. so inundated. Um, so I, I, I think there's so much opportunity right now to turn the corner from help to the gospel.
1: Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I love that it's providing a tool. Like I think a lot of people are wanting to figure out how do I post more Jesus on my threads and less help stuff. I love that question that you asked, Matt. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately, too. And I think a lot of it is like, hey, church, um, we are posting these videos and these sermons. You know, in the past, it's like, hey, invite your people into church. Now you get to say, hey, Put this on your thread and say, this has been an amazing message for me during this crisis. I encourage you all to check it out. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, after you check it out, I would love to have a phone call with you and talk to Mm. you about this, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's turning the corner and saying, let me engage with you at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, uh, you know, for with me in my neighborhood, I've said uh, on nextdoor.com, I've said, hey, neighbors, I'm here to help whatever it might be, teaching you how to use an app, shop, hang outside your window and talk to you for community. Mm-hmm. Um, just call and text and check in, you know? Um, and if you're not in my community, please know that there's a church near you that mm-hmm. wants to do this with you also. Let me know right. where you're at and I will connect you with it because this is what the church is built for and mm-hmm. they want to serve and help. So it's just trying to bring the Jesus conversation into it in small ways and um, and not just being helpful but bringing gospel into it.
0: Yeah, love it. I think that's I think that's great. You know, at the end of the day our um yeah, you know, we're not a social service agency. We've got this incredible message that we've been given uh, to proclaim to the communities we're in. You know, personally I think that that there's a proclamation demonstration impetus in the New Testament that that actually um, both sides of that are critically important. We need to be both proclaiming and we need to be demonstrating. This is this is what Christians do. That is that is the message of Jesus, that is the gospel in action. Um so I, I think it's huge opportunities. And the church has always been, you know, in moments like this, it's like our greatest hours, right? It's like moments like this that we can step in. Um and again, I think a lot of us are still trying to figure out what does that look like? <laughs> what is our next step? Uh but but I think there's been some great conversation on here. Um, for sure. So if you've got some more questions, we've got a little bit more time before the top of the hour. If, if you've got a question, you know, pop it in there. Um, I'd love to hear about your guys, uh, you know, what your individual churches are doing, you know, Barrett, what does that look like over the last couple of weeks? Um, you know, how, you know, what has changed, what has shifted even in your own local, you know, the church that you're a part of, obviously you get to see a lot of different churches across the country and what you do, but even your own specific church, what's that look like?
2: Yeah, um, and my church has been really interesting. Um, I go to um, a church where our campuses are mergers, almost exclusively, mm-hmm. and I'm now at one of the smaller campuses, which is which is great. Um, and it's been uh, it's it's funny. Our, our our campus pastor and I are so similar now, um, mm-hmm. not naturally social media guys, like just right. being thin on um, And so it's been really interesting for us to talk. And we've talked a lot about, you know, how we navigate in this time. And we've done mm-hmm. a lot of the things that you guys are mentioning. Um, the campus pastor and associate pastor at that campus ha- have done a lot of great things uh, in terms of regular prayer together. Mm-hmm. Um, to Engage like this with prayer. Um, one of my favorite things that a church that I'm working with, though, uh, has done is they did this past week. They did a family game night. Mm-hmm. with um was beautiful and completely chaotic from everything. Mm. <laughs> it was the best kind of nothing. And it yeah. was something for their folks uh to do, a way mm-hmm. for families to engage. Yeah. Um and so it was successful. It was successful. Mm-hmm. Um you know other than that our 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 um you know the church I'm a part of uh we're to dabble in a bunch of those things. Uh it, but it's still very new. You know yeah, absolutely it's, it's still the conversations are happening. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of ground to cover still, I would say.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I know for, for me in our, in our little world, um, even, and I think I said this in an earlier, um, you know, webinar, like in our, you know, I, I get it same kind of thing, get a chance to interact with a lot of churches and all there. But then at the end of the day, like I'm a small group leader at my church, you know, 12 people in my small group, three of the 12 last week we came in a small group are out of work. And, you know, that's like, Hey, we're trying to deal with that help where we can trying to figure out what is that, you know, what does that look like? And in the midst of like last week, we used Facebook video and this week for small group, we're using Zoom. and Like, you know, it's all that trying to figure out all that. And so it's uh, it's a new day for sure, um, you know, for folks. So it's uh, it's it's quite a time. Well, I, as we wrap up, Kevin, if people want to connect with you, connect with Portable Church, learn more, um, how can they do that? Um, give us all the the ways that people can can interact with you as we uh, close out the hour here.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, the easiest way is just going to our website, portablechurch.com. Uh, if you go there and click on resources, there are a ton of resources that we've actually curated for XP's, multi-site churches, uh, expansion, and... You know, now is a great time to be thinking about those things. Um, Things Mm -hmm. aren't slowing down. It's been really surprising um, the number of calls we've been getting this week of churches that are still booking consultations. They're still moving forward with system uh, purchases. And I've been uh, very pleased at seeing the church's response. Like it's not... Mm -hmm cowering, they're still moving forward. And that's been great to see. But um, yeah, we're still very much, Michigan is on lockdown, um, but we're all working from homes and we have, uh, we're allowed a couple of people in office. So just reach reach out to us and talk to an expert, look at the resources.
0: So Nice. Yeah.
1: Appreciate that, friends. Thanks so much for
0: tuning in. Remember tomorrow. Uh, so tomorrow we got two more of these coming up this week. So David Middlebrook is on tomorrow. Um, he's uh, with Middlebrook Good, Goodspeed, a lawyer and specifically diving on to the FFCRA. So the Family First Coronavirus Response Act, this was just passed by uh, by Congress, and so, uh, and it does apply to your church today, and so, or your ministry organization, and so, it, it, he's going to have some some real helpful advice there, and um, stuff you need to be thinking about, uh, particularly in the coming weeks. And then on Friday, we've got Kevin Harris from Radical Mentoring uh, doing continual uh, continuing intentional community in a socially distanced world. Um, Ke- Kevin is uh, so like Portable Church, uh, who have impacted thousands of churches churches uh, radical mentoring is one of those organizations I, I, the, the number escapes me I, I think it's like 35,000 or 40,000 mentoring relationships they're currently working on and so um, it's an amazing organization and so they're like a real expert in how do you actually help people take steps closer uh, you know to Jesus so that's gonna be a great conversation so we'd love to see you again uh, pass this on to your friends if it's good thanks thanks guys thanks for being here today and uh, let us know if there's anything we can do to help take care us Thanks, Rich.